Hey guys, welcome to Fumble Around Detroit Sports. Uh, the guest today is, it's me, so it's just me talking to me. Uh, it's a good episode, guys, a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, I mean, I can only talk for so much uh, about sports and then fantasy baseball, right? So, of course, second half of the portion will be fantasy baseball. Uh, but for Fumble Around part, uh, I talked a little Jeffrey Epstein. Everybody's talking about that, conspiracy theories. Uh, we talked a little bit about Chester from Lincoln Park before, so I'll talk about that. Uh, and then uh, I watched the documentary Screwball yesterday, and it's about the the steroids and the biogenesis, the company behind it, and Tony Bosch. And uh, Major League Baseball and A-Rod are dirty, and they should be blamed. And... Uh, just a lot of like other organizations will cover up or do whatever they got to do uh, to keep things uh, secret. Tigers suck. Uh, the Lions got killed by the Patriots in a pre- first preseason game. Uh, Michigan football's probably overranked. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. Take care. Hey, just want to remind you to check out our other Planet Ant podcast, including Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Uh, Best song ever, The Incubator, which is always uh, different shows coming on and stuff like that. And I want to thank Pinecast. This episode has been powered by Pinecast. Uh, go to Pinecast.com for all your hosting needs. Uh, if you want to start your own Pinecast or podcast, right? Pinecast, podcast, whatever. Enjoy the episode. Fumbling around, here we are, your host, Tom Steinman, a.k.a. Steiner. Today with me I have, it's, hey, you know what, baby, it's just me, and that's going to be okay, all right? I don't like complainers. Things don't work out the way they're supposed to. You make do, right? You just do the best you can. So, today is just me, guys. Uh, maybe it'll be a shorter episode. Maybe I'll go on for three hours. Probably not. I have rehearsal at 12, so definitely not going to be able to do that. Uh, I was looking forward to today's episode to really, you know, talk about tough subjects and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully it'll happen in the future. Maybe it will happen on this later on in this episode. I'll add it. I don't know. We will see. Um, sometimes all you can do is what you can do, guys. And, you know, so learn from that. You know, uh, one of my one of my uh, listeners brought up a good point. And guys, please interact with me on uh, the Fumble Around Facebook page, you know, like ask questions send me information or things I should talk about, maybe guest. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, but the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, man. Woo. Wow. You know, people have been accusing him for sex trafficking for a while, it seems like. And finally they get him, right? They get him. Put him on suicide. I'm hearing different stories, but he was on suicide watch, but then he wasn't because he got put on it because he tried to commit suicide. Oh, how crazy. Um, and then... He, but he wasn't for some reason, and he was able to lo- commit suicide. Uh, also, the camera so happenedly and did not pick that up. It just the number one person you probably want to protect to get information from, and this guy commits suicide. Uh, John, uh, a listener, John, brought up uh, on my Facebook. You know, uh, kind of reminded him of uh, not too long ago. I had a uh, uh, a guest on Tim Do- Dockery. And he brought up, he's very into the music scene. And uh, we were somehow talking about Lincoln Park, the band, and he brought up Chester and his uh, supposedly committed suicide. And he was uh, a part of trying to find out people who were sex trafficking. I forgot about that. That was a great point, John. And it's just so crazy. Um, you know, it makes you really think, you know, who's involved. I know a lot of people are saying the Clintons. I'm not saying that on this episode, on this podcast, one way or the other. I'm just saying what people are saying. Um, man, all we can learn is that money and power corrupts. That's my, that's my belief. And that's why, you know, we, there's checks and balances in our, our governmental system. Um, nobody, when people get too much power, you know, that's why we need labor unions. You know, some people hate labor unions and stuff like that, but man, like, especially in the sports industry, like they will take advantage of you and take you for every penny they can and then as soon as you're not worth anything to them let you go like people this is a business sports is a business 
And the people who are rich and, you know, oh, I got the risk involved. Like, no, you don't got the risk involved. Half these cities are funding your stadiums and get collect no profit from them. Like, why are we not owning our own stadiums as a city and running them? I know that might be a socialist idea or something like that. But, like, if we're going to, like, have a sports team make money, like, why let these super rich people who already have a ton of money use our tax dollars to make something and then them, them profit off it, just like uh, the new Little Caesars Arena? So, uh, but yeah, uh, that Jeffrey Epstein thing is just absolutely crazy. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, right in front of everybody's faces. Right in front. Like, it wasn't, you know, that's just what's kind of like... I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm sure there's going to be an investigation. Will we ever truly know? Was you know was the president involved? Like if people are saying the Clintons, like those pictures with you know you know Trump. So who knows how well this guy's connected? It sounds like maybe some of the most elite people out there. This really makes you think. You you know you hate to say this kind of stuff because people label you as like a crazy conspiracy theorist or something like that. But come on. I mean, we find out all the time later on in life, like what people did and got away with or what the government did or what they covered up. I mean, how do you trust any of these again, businesses or organizations? Like a lot of them are connected and they like to cover things up. Uh, it's systematic. You know, it's everywhere. It really is. And, uh, it's just crazy. It's, you know, Good point, John. Uh, and you know, and we—it's everywhere. The church, colleges. You know, we were going to talk about the whole Nasser thing a little bit today, and I—I I hope I get to that. I want to hear more about that. You know, and you know, Ellen opened me my eyes up a little bit, just recognizing that you know, we need to listen to people and hear you know people who are vulnerable, um, and protect them. You know, I'm not saying, as a guy, like, you could still try to ask a woman on a date and stuff like that. Like, you know, like, but there's a way about of doing it. Like when you're cat calling and a lot of guys think it's just okay to cat call. Like you see a pretty girl walk down the street, you got to call her out on it and stuff like what? And maybe some of this starts stemming from a young age. You know, when I think about when I'm, when I was in high school and stuff, like I was kind of nerdy and I, I had a couple girlfriends and stuff like that, but like I wasn't just naturally attractive you know, I just didn't pick up girls easily. I wasn't smooth. Um, but you'd also see like, so you would see, you know, you want to, you want to feel loved, I guess, or whatever you think it is at that time, uh, the attention of a woman or a pretty girl. And, uh, you'd see guys who were kind of a-holes in high school, right? Jerks, you know, uh, grabby feely and stuff like that. And, like, girls would, like, hate on it or something, but then, like, they'd be, like, with them or hooking, you know, and so it was just very confusing as a young male. Like, I'd really, you know, my dad wasn't, you know, my dad and my mom have been married forever. Like, they started dating as young teenagers. So, like, I don't think my dad has a ton of experience on the dating game. Um, so I, I, I personally didn't really have anybody, you know, I just kind of internally tried to figure it out and stuff. That could be kind of hard and complicated. But also people try to tell you stuff, you know, like your mom, like, oh, you're so pretty and, you know, you're going to fight, you know, but like, you're, you're like, mom, you got to say that you're my mom. So, um, you know, it could be confusing. And that's why I think we need to have these conversations that are hard to have and, you know, connect uh, and not let these organizations like that are corrupted, like Penn State and Michigan State and the church. And this guy who seems to, Epstein seems to be very well connected, again, politically. Like, this is kind of sick, guys. Um, it's kind of sick. And we need to, you know, be aware of it. And it's okay to talk about it. And, you know, on the other hand, you know, there are people who be like, well, you got to be careful because, you know, they'll accuse you. Or, And, you know, there is some truth to that. You got to be careful because right now, we're at a time period where people are quick to call the police to handle something that really shouldn't be handled by the police. So maybe that's a different subject, not completely the same thing. But um, there was a there was a guy in Down River in France, and somebody you know somebody on the Down River in France was trying to say like, "Hey, watch out! There's somebody uh, an African American like running around the city and stuff like that." And the guy got on there, posted like, "Yeah, I run at 5 a.m. every morning. You know how many times I get harassed by the police because people are calling on me and stuff like that." And it's like, holy crap, that, that, you know, so a guy has to deal with that all the time. He's just, and this guy's just trying to like live his life, trying to be motivated, get up early, be a go-getter, 
you know, who maybe can't work, you know, maybe has to work a bunch of hours and doesn't have, you know, and this guy is just being harassed because of the color of his skin. Well, it happens, guys. You could you could act like you don't see it or nobody you know doesn't happen to. We got to listen to these people, you know. And again, we got to be careful of calling the cops so quick. Um, and I don't want people, you know, if you see something very suspicious and scary, like yes, get police involved. But other times, you know, um, I you've heard me tell my story of being accused of uh, assaulting. I guess what you would say. A school child, you know, and it wasn't a child, it was way bigger than me and stuff like that. But uh, I got attacked, and you know, I had to go through two, two, a couple weeks of just uh, knowing that people were out there trying to find any information they could on me, uh, you know, which is like great. You know, you're like, what the heck? Luckily, I have a strong support system and a community that knows me that I wouldn't do anything like that. After they try to do their investigation and try to find me, you know, find anything they could on me to demonize me, they couldn't. Thank God, I, you know, like I just keep to myself. Uh, they kind of forced me to go. And then later on, guess what happened? Instead of like asking me to see if I was okay, and you know, that was a, that's a very traumatic experience for myself. I think about it all the time, and it gets me upset. Uh, I didn't feel much support, and uh, you know, uh, later on after I leave guess what happens all i want to do is everybody to be safe protected and i wanted to tell the organization hey guys this is something that's very serious i don't know if you know this but as special ed teachers there's not many males that go into the field it's a probably 80 to 90 percent dominated field by women um so when you're going to male special ed teacher it's kind of like a rarity and it's a nice thing especially because uh special ed students on our higher end are more male so percentages you know uh they're more likely to get autism um so i was given like the most difficult class uh they couldn't keep a teacher in that room for more than a year or two nobody wanted to be in there it was dangerous and then i did what i could i had you know and anyways i just wanted to let them know like i i don't know once i'm leaving i don't know what what you guys are going to do i don't feel safe for the students i don't feel safe for the other professionals working in that room or the next teacher you throw in there like something probably needs to be done Instead, they didn't talk to me, and they again tried to accuse me. And guess what happened later on? That student stabbed somebody with a knife at another location. So this all could have been prevented, you know. So just be careful, and you know, make sure due process, man. Give people listen to them, talk to them. Don't just a uh, guilty already, but you know. So I've been on that side. Even more recently, man. Uh, my brother, you guys, he's been on the episode, Tyler. Uh, him and his girlfriend, who've been dating for years now, uh, we're going to try to do something nice. I have a cousin who has a young daughter. My mom loves that daughter, like a grandchild. And they wanted to make like a, a photo book or a nice calendar uh, for this young lady's two-year-old birthday, right? Do something, you know, like uh, real nice photography. Like uh, So uh, my fiance, Kim, made a flower, a nice flower crown, put a lot of time into it. Uh, they got a, a tub and put like milk in or some type of water so you couldn't see through it. And they took pictures of this child who is not yet two years old. And they did it at uh, a park. So it only took like a half hour or something. And once they go to leave, there's co a cop pulling up. We're driving on the track at the park they're at. And it's like, hey, have you got, you know, what are you guys doing? And uh, have you seen an, a naked, like a naked, like basically someone called the cops and said there was a, uh, eight-year-old naked child, and they were doing child pornography was the wording that they used. Like, right now, at a time and age, accusing somebody of child pornography, you got to be out of your damn mind. Like, get over there and see what, assess the situation instead of just accusing somebody. That's a very deep accusation for these two young people who are out in the public. Like, Go over there. You could see that a two-year-old, she's not like a big two-year-old or anything like that, is a baby and not an eight-year-old. Um, so cops got called, and then, the, you know, the cops asking questions and stuff, and, you know, like uh, asking to see uh, the photos on the camera. You think nothing's okay. Cop goes, all right. You know, you could see that nothing was going on. And, uh, you know, and then the cops met them at, my parents' house where they stay and stuff and had more questions and were asking about like the baby's parents. Cause uh, 
it was the third baby, so that was the next issue. If you get accused of something like that, and then it's not even your baby. It looks really bad. So, uh, and like the the leadership at Lincoln Park Police wanted to, I guess, further investigate just to make sure, just in case I get a little bit uh, that the in case the parents were like, oh my god, what the heck? This is crazy. When they got something and they do want to file a report, and nothing was done, you know, they're not done the correct way. So I kind of see that. Um, but then they like harass, kind of like, you know, bot, you know, like that's intimidating. I don't know if cops understand this, but it is intimidating uh, from their end because you don't know who they are and, you know, you want to trust them, but you see so much that like they have to earn that trust a little bit too. Just like, you know, they're a little bit of accusatory of people, you know, they think everybody's a bad guy sometimes, you know, before they get to know them at all. You know, it's, you know, it's a complicated situation. So, uh, but you know, like. You know, these are just small experiences that maybe me and my brother's girlfriend had to deal with. And there are people who have to deal with much worse issues, you know, and, ha- you know, get traumatic experience from that and uh, need therapy probably. And I mean, like I said, just my ex- little thing, I don't think it's that big, again, compared to what a lot of people have gone through, especially if it's like sexual abuse and stuff like that, you know, Um we got to listen. We just got to help people. Again, these are tough subjects, but I mean, this is very prevalent. And Jeffrey Epstein is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, hopefully, there's still, you know, there's, how about the accusers? There are people who know about it. Let's listen to them and see what they got to say, you know? Uh, but there is partly corruption all around us. And it's just kind of depressing sometimes if you're to focus on it. Because you know what? There's so many great people in your community and people around you that are loved ones and great regular people. And then there's just all these crappy people, you know, there's not a ton, but, you know, these select few crappy people who ruin things and just, Again, I, I believe power corrupt, you know, power and money corrupt. You know, people start getting more power and, so, and they just go, it goes to their head and they start um, just making excuses why it's okay for them to do certain behaviors. And, you know, it goes down a dark road, I think. And, you know, who, who knows if this were you, right? Like, how dark and deep would you go? You never know. Uh, you never know. So let's just try to understand. You know, I hate demonizing people. I do. Because I hope that there is good in everybody and I want that good to come out. But I also understand that uh, people do deep, dark things and like there's consequences for that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, man. Spe- speaking of another scandal, man, uh, I just watched yesterday, last night, uh, the Biogenesis uh, scandal. Uh, it was a documentary called Screwball. And uh, the documentary basically goes, uh, it's about the uh, whole steroid issue. Well, the HGH, I don't know if you want to say steroid issue. But uh, baseball, man, baseball is dirty in that whole scandal. Major League Baseball, including the commissioner and the former commissioner, Bud Selig, and then the, who is now the current commissioner is Robert Manfred, who was like right under Selig before that. And they did everything they could to hide that scandal. They tur- First of all, they turned in the 90s, man, when they had that, or, yeah, man, everybody remembers Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa going for the record. Two guys. Uh, Jose, like, all these guys with huge muscles, man. I mean, they saved baseball. And now all those guys are demonized. But nobody, you know, nobody... You know, some of those guys can't make the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. But baseball knew what was going on. You're stupid if you didn't. So that yeah, if if you're saying that you didn't know, you're you are incompetent and you shouldn't be running Major League Baseball, a multi-million, if not billion dollar industry. A-Rod, man, he's with the Yankees out of this like that guy was a scumbag and i kind of felt bad for him because he i remember when he came back after this came out and because he appealed his uh suspension while the other guys took it and they were beaming him and i kind of felt bad but no this guy was a dirtball he just straight up lied and again don't get me wrong memel is no better in this whole thing everybody involved in this whole biogenesis thing was kind of dirty the one guy was who kind of uh probably un- unraveled it all was not very smart. He got taken advantage of a bunch of times. Uh, but it's 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 pretty sickening what happened. Uh, A-Rod, and like, yeah, just A-Rod's now with, like, he has a job, I believe, with Major League Baseball. Like, it's, I don't know. 
and I just know that there is a um, repetitive thing that these industries take advantage of players. Um, and don't get me wrong, I you know some of these players get caught by the limelight and want to be superstars, but they allowed this to happen, you know. So these guys were putting injecting themselves the things that will affect them for their life and maybe you know the longevity of their life or the end part might not be as well if they had not injected themselves with this stuff. And then it made an even playing ground for people. So if you weren't ejecting yourself, how are you going to compete with these guys? And that's your livelihood. So you're not going to make this. It's not an even playing ground. MLB is not. They're guilty just as much as A-Rod or any of these players who took steroids or HGH in this. And people should be held accountable for that on their end. I don't think they are or were. Um, they just like to keep everything hush hush. Money and power corrupts. And I'll say it. You know, I mean, I don't have to be able to say that. Just got to be careful. And I'm not saying if I had money and power that I wouldn't be corrupt. I would hope not. I would hope I would keep the same. But I'm just saying that that's why we have to have checks and balances in these things. And people need to watch over their kids and talk to their kids and make sure that they are aware if they're, you know, being taken advantage of by sexual predators or any way that they come and talk to them, that they feel they have somebody. And that's why we need support groups. You know, it's young boys, man, they, they get molested, too. But it's not, you know, you don't, a lot of them might just hold it in and not want to talk about it because I'm sure that's got to be embarrassing. You know, they're losing their masculinity is what, you know, is how they feel. Um, young boys and women, we got to protect these people. We're the adults. So, uh, but yeah, watch that documentary. It just really opens your eyes to how much of a dirtball A-Rod is. And, uh, maybe I shouldn't say, I hate being mean to people. And now he's like dating Jay. Like, what? this guy is like one of the, like he was, and he's so cocky. God, he loves... Like, no one loves A-Rod more than A-Rod. Oh, man. It, you know, when you look back at it, it's pretty crazy. Because I didn't know, you know, when he was getting beamed. Like, players hated him. Fans hated him. Rightfully so, man. And Ryan Brown, man, like... He lied, straight up lied to people's faces and tried to act like a good boy. And, man, these people just... But again, that is, you know, to get an edge... I guess it's worth it. The way the rules are, the way Mammal B had it, maybe I would have cheated too if I knew if I can make millions and millions of dollars more from this drug. You know, it's hard to pass short-term gratification. You got to be well-developed mentally. If you're a young kid or something like that, sometimes, when you know, you never maybe truly grow up if you play like baseball your whole life in your 20s. And, you know, like that's not the, a regular life. That's a, that's a fantasy to some people. You know, like they would dream of that. And I get it's a job and stuff like that, but like it's not the same thing. <sighs> so baseball has a lot of cleaning up to do. A lot of these sports have a lot of cleaning up to do, man. Uh, and we need to take care of the players, you know, unionize. Don't get taken advantage of, you know, how many people that didn't make the pros, given up their bodies and stuff like that, like in college and have you know medical health problems or health bills medical health bills that they can't afford and like every you know it's not like these companies are these industries aren't making money you know we got to make sure that people aren't getting they get their fair due that put their life on the line otherwise you know what's the people why would people play, you know play it's ridiculous i don't see these owners putting their life on the line or anything like that but baseball right now is going through a revolutionary home run phase or something like, you know, we could talk about the steroids and how many home runs certain guys were hitting and stuff like that. But now Major League Baseball doesn't want to talk about the new ball, the juiced ball. Admit it. It's a juiced ball. You cannot tell me the hitters are just this much better. The ball is different. I don't know how many times I got to say this. You move the you start using the ball at triple A. Guess what happens? Oh, everybody starts hitting home runs. Just like the major leagues. Wow. Home runs like double. We're on pace to break more home runs than ever this year. So many teams are on pace to the ball is different. Come on. What used to be pop flies to the outfield are going out. Guys who used to hit low double digit home runs are now hitting 25 to 30. It's it's crazy. Just yesterday, we've had so many guys already hit three home runs in a game yesterday. Yesterday, we had two rookies hit three home runs 
in a game, not the same game, but in a game uh, yesterday. And both guy, uh, one guy just got called up, uh, Kenyo, who's only been up for like 10 days. He has seven home runs now in those 10 days. Uh, the o- other guy, Jordan Alvarez, uh, hit three home runs for the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, man. Just get another guy like that. Like, nobody was even talking about him. Everyone was talking about Kyle Tucker and Forrest Whitley. They just get the other guy that comes up and just kills him, man. Just like uh, Wad Soto of uh, the Nationals, man. These guys are coming up so young. Just killing it. Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette comes up. He's killing it. He's been on the, you know, the team for 10, 11 games or something. Maybe a little bit more, but unbelievable record of how many like games consecutive with a double. He's hit home runs. He's stealing. These young guys are just coming up. Everyone's hitting home runs. Once guys who were projected, again, like I said, to be more doubles hitters, those doubles are now turning to home runs because of a juiced ball. MLB, can you just say it? It's okay. At least just make it everybody aware and understand that, yeah, we have a different ball. Please let us know if, you want to, if you're going to change it back. Or I just like to know this kind of stuff, man. The ball is different. It is juiced, okay? Everyone is hitting home runs besides the Tigers. Tigers are still really bad, guys. They're 35 and 79. You know, uh, they have a run different, a run differential of minus two twenty. The only team worse than them in that area is Baltimore. Baltimore's pitching has been really bad. The, their run differential is minus two thirty two. It was the Tigers in the lead by far, but Baltimore's pitching has given up the most home runs of any team. And I would also say Baltimore's got the harder division compared to the Tigers. Tigers are probably in the worst division in baseball. I know Minnesota's doing good. Uh, Cleveland's doing good, but that AL East with those lineups, the Yankees, Boston, uh, Tampa, now even freaking Toronto, who's been one of the hottest offenses. So, like, I I knew Baltimore was – I thought Baltimore was the worst team Major League started this year. It just tells you how bad the Tigers are because Baltimore's got the harder schedule. But the Tigers have still got the worst record uh, at 35-79, and 79, man. Like, we're just bad every aspect of the game, hitting – Running, defense, pitching, like we have nothing. Uh, the new pickup, I'm blanking on his name, though, from Atlanta. It's been doing all right. He's been one of our better hitters, probably. Jake Rogers, uh, another guy that we got in a deal for the Justin Verlander. First guy that really has done anything. He's looked, uh, you know, he's supposed to be our top uh, catching prospect. He got called up. He's hit, I know, at least a couple home runs. So he's been doing all right. Uh you know, it's finally something that you see a Vila deal, you know, because we got, we got Candelario. He was part of a deal that, you know, we saw right away, but he has not done anything to really get you excited. So here's another guy, maybe Dick Rogers, but we're still so, so far away. And look at what happens when you trade a guy like Nick Castellanos. Again, you've heard me say that we got nothing really probably for him. Uh, we lost a lot of value like him, Green, like we uh, you heard me say about uh, Fulmer. Man, we could have got Glaber Torres. No, I'm sorry. Javier Baez or Alex Bregman. Two of the best players in the major leagues. Top 10, top 15 players overall. Uh, if we were to have like a draft of major league baseball right now, those guys would be in the top 15 easily, right? And even if we wouldn't be good still, that piece would be worth so much that we would, again, uh, it would give us a top two top prospects plus you know two couple other high end uh potential players and stuff like that so it's just tigers look really bad it's you know our farm system has moved up uh and it'll be even better if we keep losing we get that first overall pick it seems like i forget the guy but i know uh, the hype around him has been you know that he might be the best hitter or prospect coming out since bryce harper and bryce harper was very very uh highly touted coming out of the draft. I mean, then, you know, Chris Bryant too, um, was also like that, but, uh, so he's supposed to be the next guy. And those guys are both, uh, you know, MVP. They put up an MVP caliber season already, both of them. So if we could get that type of player, that'd be, you know, that would really help the farm system, uh, especially since we need, uh, hitting, uh, Austin Riley, I believe his name is out. Uh, the first round pick that we just took this year seems to be, you know, he's only 18 and I think they put him in high or hit, put him in a ball and he's doing pretty good already. So that looks like a good pick and you know, that's exciting. Uh, but we're still so far away. And then you're just seeing like some of these superstar teams already just adding on with their great, like they just have better systems too. Like you can do good by just having high draft picks, but like, the organizations that just create and develop players better are longer sustaining. And that's what the Astros are doing. That's what the Yankees, Yankees have some of the best 
you know, you could talk about how much money they go and spend, but they also have like a whole team full of injuries, yet they're still hitting and stuff like that. Uh, so their development's really good. The Dodgers, you know, unbelievable. Those, I would think those got to be like three, because like they just keep churning out new talent all the time. If something goes wrong, don't worry, we got this. So I just don't see the Tigers doing that. Like, yeah, we'll have the good players, but it wasn't like we were calling guys up in the midseason for, you know, like it is what it is. But Castellanos complaining here, oh, blah, 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 not hitting here. And he went to a good lineup and uh, for the Cubs. And now he's bad second. He's hitting home runs. He's happy. You know, I, I feel bad because that guy came up and he was on some of the best probably teams ever. Like, you know, like even though they didn't win a World Series, some of that talent is they could, you know, go up against some of the best teams ever. You know, to start when you get called up at that point. To end your career here where you're the worst team in baseball. And when you're a competitor, when you lose, like, no one likes losing. I don't care how much money you're making. This is your job. You want to come out and have fun and stuff like that. It's hard to put on a smile when you're not happy. And I just don't think he was truly happy. Probably why he was griping and upset. And then mentally, that probably gets you, makes you even worse, too, because, you know, you're just not in a good headspace. So... Good for him being traded to the Cubs and turning it on, you know, as much as I didn't care for him here, you know, I'm not a hater. Uh, He got out of here. I wish we could have got more for him. We'll see. We got more pitching. Uh, Again, like Avila hasn't done much to get a lot lately. So uh, the Lions, guys. Oh, Lions. 3-1-3, right? We lost 31 to 3. Keep it real for Detroit. 3 1 3, baby. Uh, I didn't watch it. I'm glad I didn't watch it. I was going to like DVR and maybe watch a little bit of it or something like that. But no, man, they, they suck. I got it. Javon Curse gets hurt. Uh, you know, just Patriots make us look bad. Just shows, you know, even though we beat them last year, I don't know how that happens. Still, so just a very Lions esque thing to do. Beat the team that you shouldn't beat, right? I mean, it's S O L. For anybody who, uh, like, I don't know. We were talking about mental health earlier. Like, I, I hate to joke about mental health, but, like, if you think the Lions are going to be good, you probably. I was there, guys. I was there. I was in denial every year. This is it. I mean, who can stop us? We got Charles Rogers, Mike Williams, Roy Williams, the guy who <laughs> celebrates getting a first down, even though we're down by 30 points. Man. Joey Harrington, baby. We're so good. We got everything. Watch out, Indianapolis Colts. We got a new Lions off. No, we sucked. We still suck. We made the playoffs one time. Jim Schwartz probably was actually a decent coach, but like we ran him out of town as soon as he stopped winning because we thought he had too much talent. I don't know. Maybe that was a quick move. But also, you know, he had an edge. He was really good when he came because we needed that edge. We liked it, but then he got too a little like, edgy or something you know and he's like uh him and harbaugh got into it at san fran uh in the middle of the field uh we led like the league in penalty we were like the bad it was kind of cool being the bad boys you know like especially football like yeah don't mess with us you know nick fairley and domicog sue's coming after you and uh yeah um you know they thought they had a lot of talent again maybe a different coach a different organization actually does something with that team uh, but I don't know. Uh, Jim Schwartz, I believe he went to like Philadelphia or not Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. And it's the D coordinator, unless he got a new job since then or something. But wherever he was at, he's doing really well. Uh, he's, a, he's a great D coordinator. Maybe he's not meant to be a head coach. Sometimes that's how it is. Maybe that's Matt Patricia. Is he meant to be a head coach? Maybe he's just meant to be a defensive coach. Let him focus on what he's really good at and stuff. The rocket scientist, right? So, uh, but yeah, Lions didn't look good. Usually preseason doesn't care matter, right? You're just trying to look at things, trying to figure things out. But for the Lions, I feel like it matters. Even though I know the one time we went four and zero in the preseason, we went zero and sixteen. Was that like under Rod Marinelli? Uh, funny. But you still don't want to get your butt kicked already. Like at a team that already mentally is like probably weak. You know, it's not a good start. You don't want to start off bad on the wrong foot, not looking good. Um, hopefully, it gets better from here on out. But no guarantee. Uh the rankings came out. I saw a magazine. Rankings came out for Michigan football. They had them over Ohio State. How could Michigan football be? How does and I don't care. Like, how does anybody know how good these guys and actually what they're capable of doing? One thing I can do: if Urban Meyer still is he not? Maybe he isn't. Maybe I should look that up. 
is Urban Meyer still the coach? Because if he is still the coach of Ohio State, like how that alone, like I haven't seen Harbaugh beat him. So let's see who coach of Ohio State. I got to look this up because, oh, yeah. Okay. So it is a different coach, Ryan Day. That is good to know. Um, I still, even when, like, I thought we were going to have a chance when Trussell, you know, got in trouble and he wasn't coaching. I just don't, like, there's like an infer- infer- inferiority complex there, I feel like. Like, it doesn't matter how good or bad Michigan does <laughs> the, the regular season, that last game of the regular season, they're going to lose. Prove me wrong. I mean, I've seen, like, the quarterback, like, the starting great Heisman, like, ass quarterback, you know, get hurt before playing Michigan, and they have to, like, play a rookie or something or a freshman, and that guy goes off, and, like, he's a freaking Heisman. Like, until they prove it, how do you put Michigan above Ohio State? I guess Urban Meyer being gone uh, could help, but that team was loaded. They just come out and play. I'm going to give this guy a chance. I trust Ohio State to win football games. I'm sorry. I Michigan, it's probably just a fan-based thing, but they, they get overrated all the time. And I've felt for it. You know, I want to believe the hype. Everybody wants to believe the hype. You you know, you you have like your own personal biases and stuff. And when you get information that kind of feeds into it, you, you tend to believe in it a little bit more because it, it fits your purpose, your narrative more. So, you know, people want Michigan to be good. And like, oh, look at this guy's right about how good Michigan is. Like, prove it. How do you like, Lions need to prove it. How could you have them like projected for the playoffs, man? Or even 500. Prove it to me. And I could be wrong. But nine times out of ten, the better organization wins. And I was just talking about that. Those the Dodgers in Houston and Yankees, like like other teams might sneak in there once every while and have a good year and stuff like that. But the organizations who do it year in, year out have a system in place that creates these types of championships and these winners. Right? Nick Saban, man. I know he can recruit well, but he has a system in place. The guys on Clemson, man, these top teams are winning. And they're, you know. Uh, Michigan State probably has a pretty good system because they're not able to often recruit the same players, you know, but that shows you that they're with the recruits that they get, they're able to develop talent, you know? So give credit to them on that part for sure because they never are have like the, 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 the top 10, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but top 10 recruiting class and the stuff that Michigan, and maybe Michigan just again gets overhyped, the guy picks Michigan, people just love them more. You know, people accuse that of the Yankees with their prospects, that their prospects get overhyped and stuff, so people are scared to deal with them because uh, the media helps with that. So all I'm saying is Michigan got to prove it, dude. I haven't seen Harbaugh win big games at Michigan yet, right? So what makes you think he's going to do it now? Maybe he's just kind of lost that touch, that edge that he used to have. Things happen like that. Maybe Michigan's lost their edge, right? Is anybody scared of Michigan? I don't think Ohio State is. That'd be my guess. So, all right, guys. I don't know how long that was, but I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe I'll have somebody on tomorrow. I'll add on to it. If not, uh, I'll do some fantasy baseball talk here in a minute. Take a break. Uh, Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode, guys. Take care. Bye. Woo! What a last week of the trade deadline and auctions for fantasy baseball, guys. First, I want to thank uh, my guest earlier, Tom Steinman. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what a week, guys. What a week of fantasy baseball. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty. Today is Sunday, so you probably won't hear this episode till uh, we're already into the last three weeks of our schedule, which is all divisional opponents. Um, Again, so since it is Sunday, uh, before any of the games start, I'm going to go over what uh, the places are, starting from first to last, and how many games back they are. So just so you know, these things could change. This is if things were to end the way they were uh, as they are now. Obviously, some things could change, but it gives you an idea where we're at. Uh, after, the w- if things ended the way they are, I'd be first, Expos. Uh, behind me would be the Giants, uh, four and a half games back. Third after uh, would be a huge week. Uh, the Brown Bombers, after struggling for a little bit, has a great week. They're 11 back. The Stars would be 14 and a half back. 
leading their division. Right behind them would be the Colt 45s at 15 and a half back. And then the sixth place, the Terriers at 19 and a half back. So right now we've got three teams out of that division making the playoffs. Uh, also for that division lead, though, there's only uh, five games that separate three teams. So that's really close, especially since I just told you that these last three weeks, you play every team in your own division. So these guys will all be playing each other. Uh, so the Terriers at six are 19 and a half back. Only one more, one and a half more games back behind that is Team Atlanta with 21 games back total. So they're right there. Uh, the Dodgers would be next at 26 and a half back. So that gives them uh, like seven games back, which is still puts them in. 27 games back total for the Angels. They'll make them seven and a half back of the playoffs. So those guys are still within range. I would say the Senators, who are 30 back, so I'd give him 11 and a half back. I'm sorry, 10 and a half back of the playoff. And plus, you would have to like surpass a lot of teams. I would say the Senators and then the Lions at 30 and a half back. And the Pilots, who are 40 back, are basically out right now. So it's down to the last nine teams with the Dodgers and Angels probably really looking. They need something to happen. Uh, and But those two teams both play uh their division again, so they play each other, and then they're going to play Gabe, and they're going to play uh, Bob. So uh, a hard task ahead, uh, but they could be done. But right now, I would say the favorites for like that sixth spot would probably be either the Terriers or the team from Atlanta. Uh, so we have divisions up for grab. We have buys still up for grab and uh, playoff spots, wild card spots. And then, heck, you could even say that uh, the uh, the toilet bowl, which is the loser side, the bottom six teams get their own playoff, and that's still you could still get like eight hundred units on that. So getting a buy on that would help you. So you know you want to get seventh or eighth instead of playing you know in the first round, get that buy. So. Uh, Getting back to what happened, uh, so we had three trades get vetoed in the last, I don't know, week of the trade deadline. You kind of heard me talk about uh, last episode, the other two, and then I also talked about mine, uh, but at that point, there had been only the uh, decision from the commissioner to uh, say, you know, it wasn't any, you know, through the commissioner's eyes, uh, you know, it passes. Now it look goes to the league and it needs uh, six vetoes. Uh, it slowly got, you know, it started getting some vetoes. Uh, and then within like, you know, started, there's like two, three, four, I'm sure, uh, Bill, Chet, uh, I want to say Eric, and then Bob. And then who else did it? I'm trying to remember. I know Nick was the last one. And I was upset. I'm more upset. It was, so the deal is Wander Franco, who would be a $5 keeper, for John Gray, who would be like a $20 keeper or something like that, if you want to keep him. I like John Gray. I had him last year. I might get him again next year. We'll see. Uh, what he provides, you cannot get on the free agent market. All right? That was our argument with uh, the Conforto. Who, like, maybe we saved Gabe. Because uh, Conforto's killed the Mets and the Conforto and everybody on the team has just been killing it. Uh, Kimber went on the IL. Hendricks got blown out yesterday. So maybe we saved Gabe. I don't know. Uh, but our point was that on the mo- open market, pitchers were going for a high price. Hitters, nobody wanted hitters really. And they weren't going for a ton. Altuve, uh, I can't believe, still went for only 40 bucks, uh, And he's been killing it lately. Uh, but pitchers on the other hand, David Price went for 122. Uh, Cole, and now he, I think he's comparable to David Price personally. You know, and then you have guys. So I can't sit there. I hate arguing with everybody. Uh, because you know, you go back and forth based on data and stuff like that. My point was John Gray, 25th in the league out of starting pitchers and strikeouts, 25th in the league out of quality starts, and we keep we. I mean, there's like a hundred. 100 pitchers at a time, starting pitchers uh, rostered on teams. And the starting pitchers available are probably like 10% less or owned. So first of all, John Gray is 70% owned. So he's got he's definitely on somebody's team. And people are like Chet saying that he couldn't make his team. That's BS. Chet has one of the worst pitching teams I've ever seen. He would definitely be like a top four or five pitcher on his team. Uh, projected, and that's my that's the other thing. Like, if you go look at starting pitcher projections, he's top 50. When we have a hundred players, we go down to a hundred players, that is worth something. That is a fifth or even a sixth, maybe on some teams, but that still deepens the lineup. That is worth something. The argument with Conforto is that, like, 
He doesn't bring much speed. He hasn't finished a top 50 player, even though he is like now after his hot streak. We'll get into that. But that guy could get picked up. You know, you could pick that up on the free agency market. Uh, and Gabe kind of did that, too. He picked up uh, Aquino, who hit all these home runs, too. So that was just a point. Like, with the juice ball and stuff like that, it just seems like that was picked up. You could pick up a hot guy. And it just didn't seem like, personally, like a killer keeper or anything like that. So just the deal just didn't make sense. And it sounds like, yeah, it just didn't make sense. And the other deal also, to me, didn't make sense. Uh, Wander Franco. Because everybody just thinks Vlad Guerrero, right? Now he's like one of the best keepers in the league and stuff like that. It doesn't always happen that way. I have Eloy Jimenez, who hasn't, you know, I've had to roster him this year. Now he's got like 19 or 20 home runs, but everybody's got that. Especially, like, he hasn't done a ton. I still believe in him in the future and stuff like that. But there are risks when you have young players, top prospects, all right? This guy wasn't even expected to come until maybe at the end of next season. But I don't know if he's even projected to play next season. So there's risk in holding on to a guy like that. We could, you know, people point to uh, a Vlad and other top Chris Bryant, Acuna, the, and guys could, you know, they could be, you know, superstars. Yes, uh, but those guys also, when they were drafted, were already expected to come up that year within like 20 days of like opening day and stuff like that. He is not expected to happen unless something dramatic happens. If that happens, then yes, you would be unbelievably like a big superstar. But we've also had guys who uh, who were first recently top overall prospects not do that. Well, I've seen Gregory Polanco. I've seen Yon Mikata, Byron Buxton, Will Myers. So many players just don't all pan out. And, you know, they do well in the minor leagues and stuff, but the major leagues is a different game. And some guys don't. They just they play up a little bit better, actually, in the, in the pros. It's crazy. Uh, so uh, I just think I'm not really upset that I don't have Franco on my team because, really, I already have, like, two extra guy keeper wise on my team that I don't know what I'm going to do with next year. So I was going to trade him or sell him or something probably because I want to win next year and he's not going to help my team next year. And I want all six keeper spots. I just saw an opportunity maybe to have a guy that could gain value. And really to me, it kind of was like a test. You know, like I said, like I'll keep gray. I need gray for my playoff run. You can make fun of him all you want. Again, 25th in caves, 25th in, uh, uh, quality starts. You can't get, it's hard to get quality starts on the free agent market. Um, it's 406 ERA plays. So like and for a four ERA is actually you know that doesn't hurt you now today. It's not great. It's not gonna be one of your top end guys. The whip does hurt you. So you can try to play matchups depending on what you need, especially if you have a good pitching staff. Like if you already have K's and quality starts, then you don't play them. But if you do need them, then you can play them. Like he is valuable to a team. To say that he's not just frustrates me to compare him to guys like Andrew Kashner. Come on. 20% owned Andrew Kashner who just Got blown out. Shut up. No way. No way. So, uh, yeah, that's my thing. I thought it was a totally fair trade, personally. I mean, I, I, I get why people could be scared of the future because, like, oh, my gosh, he has, well, he has a top prospect. If that guy turns out with all of his other yeah, – I get it. But it doesn't – you know, I believe that a few of those vetoes were done personally because who was involved in the trade, me and Chris, uh, and not – looked at with uh, an unbiased eye like hey if other two people were making this trade would i care and i don't think a lot of people would i'm in the playoffs like how often do you see a first overall team trading away from his current team like that would hurt me but whatever uh let's go into the matchups right let's go into these matchups my matchup obviously be first i'm playing last play seattle pilots i'm up 8-0 right now uh, Jay's, I mean, a lot of teams would probably be beating Jay in most categories. Uh, I have 36 runs, 15 home runs, 34 RBIs, uh, 366 on base. Like, basically, I should win pretty – I should have at least six. I could have up to ten. My guess is at least uh, seven, eight wins. Uh, my standouts this week would be uh, Hira. It was good to see Hira come back. He was cold for a little bit, but he has three home runs. Uh, J.D. Martinez threw in three home runs, seven runs, six RBIs. He's you know he's now back up to number forty overall, so he's kind of cold. It's just funny how quick some guys can move back up. You know, a couple of good weeks. Uh, Trout another good week. He's the number one overall player. Uh, three home runs, a stolen base, five hundred on base. Uh, everybody else kind of you know mixed in there a little bit. Uh, pitching Degrom, number eighteen overall player. 
8K is quality start. He's killing it. Paxton Wheeler, good to see them both have good starts. Wheeler's been really good lately, but it's you know Paxton a little shaky sometimes, so it's good to see him go against. Uh, I believe he, did he go against Toronto? I don't forget who he went. Maybe it was Baltimore or something. Uh, but had a really good game. Good to see. Uh, for the pilots, the standouts would be uh, Fernando Tatis, who's putting you know a pretty good year, especially for a rookie year. But he had uh, three home runs, seven RBIs, two stolen bases this week, uh, and Ozuna who. Who has been cold lately? He was doing really good early on in the year, but he has two home runs and a stolen base this week. Uh, pitching Mike Fires. This guy has quietly been a stud this year. He's number sixty-one overall. He had an AK game and a quality start. No earned runs last game. Man, just real sick. Um, yeah, but Jay just didn't put up a really good week overall. Uh, we both have some pitchers going this week or this Sunday, uh, so he could. He's only down. 5Ks, and we're tied in quality starts. He actually, the one day he had, uh, was it Thursday or Friday? Thursday he had three quality starts out of four pitchers going and kind of really helped, you know, because it looked like it could have been a good chance at a 10-0. So I got runs, I got home runs, I got RBIs. The chances he have, we're tied in stolen bases. I'm barely up and on base, and we're tied in quality starts. And he's down. Like I said, I have at least six categories. Um, but it could be up to 10 on a good Sunday. So the next matchup, uh, the Colt 45s versus the team from Atlanta. It was a big matchup because this was sixth place versus fifth place. Adam was sixth, uh, right behind team from Atlanta in uh, fifth place. Uh, Adam's having a really good week, you know, with the 16 home runs and 44 runs, 41 RBIs. Uh, Bill's only got six home runs in a week that a lot of teams are putting up some high offensive categories. He is not. He does have four stolen bases, so he's winning with that category. And he's up two to one at saves. Uh, he's down two Ks and uh, one quality start, but uh, he's got Andrew Castro and Noessi going while uh, Darren has Verlander, uh, Brault, and Lament. Brault, a pickup, a Lament's not bad. I don't know if he'll go to, he could get a quality start, uh, but Verlander should definitely, you would think, against Baltimore. So, again, uh, it should be a big win for Adam, man. And, you know, he played me. He had a good week last week. He would have beat, I think, basically any other team if he wasn't playing me. Um, and he's, he's, again, putting up another, you know, he has a scary team. I've, I wanted him to get away, get rid of, I was hoping he got rid of Verlander a while ago, man. I didn't want to see him in the playoffs. He's got some good starters. So uh, my guess is he might be, he might be the division winner. But we'll see. And that was my prediction early on. Uh, I also picked the Dodgers. I did like Bob's team too, though. Uh, so the next, uh, matchup, the angels, I'm sorry. You know what? Let me go over through some studs real quick. Who were the studs? Harper. Harper quietly had a, the 33rd overall, uh, in fantasy this season, you know, uh, but yes, three home runs this week. He picked up Ursula who supposedly, I guess maybe changed his swing or something. And he's come back hot for the Yankees. He got three home runs from this week after, uh, he picked him up the, the day before the two home run game. Uh, Bo Bichette has come up and just killed it. He has two home runs and a stolen base this week. Uh, yeah, so, and then Bueller, uh, 25 overall, just been a stud ace pitcher since he's gotten him. Maybe, like, uh, he might be a top five since he's gotten him. Uh, and then Quintana had a good day for him. Uh, for ba- or for Bill, not much. Offensively, uh, Sano, you could say, two home runs, the seven RBIs as a standout. Uh, he picked up Touchman, who has uh, two home runs and a stolen base. Uh, and that's for pitching Strasburg and Kershaw. Kershaw is the 27th. So right behind Bueller, probably in the rankings. I, I lost it as another start. But uh, Kershaw's been having a great week. Again, those Dodgers, man. Uh, everybody thought uh, Kershaw is getting too old and maybe not be as good. And here he is, man. Freaking dominating still. Unbelievable. Uh, the next matchup, the Angels versus the Lions. So this was 8th versus 11th. Victor needed a big week, uh, to, you know, for his playoff run versus one of the last place teams in the league. But Nick's up three to six, so uh, Victor is just having a bad week. Uh, he's got six stolen bases and four saved. Besides that, everything else is uh, underwhelming. Twenty eight runs, but he's tied with twenty eight runs. Uh, Nick's got eleven home runs, twenty six RBIs, uh, five quality starts. Uh, let's see what pitching. But Victor's got they both got three pitchers going. So, it'll be curious to see. This is one matchup that some things could switch a little bit. Victor's only down three RBIs, down two Ks. Uh, 
whips decently close with them both having three pitchers going, a 1.57 to a 1.51. So, because uh, Victor, again, is still within range of the playoffs. Uh, he would be, he is eight or seven and a half back of the playoffs. So if he could get another category or two here, that could really help him. They could put, you know, they'll, it could be, be huge in the end, right? One or two categories with, with how close everything is right now. Uh, standouts for these teams would be uh, Guriel of the Astros for Victor. Man, I almost picked that guy up around the same time. I think I might have picked up a door or something. I don't know who I did, but he was on there. Uh, this week he's got three home runs, 12 RBIs. He had an eight RBI game this week at one point. Uh, and a stolen base, 474 on base. Uh, Guriel, since he's the number 70 or 79 overall player. Crazy, man, because he had a quiet, he did not do well for the first like two, three months. It wasn't until like June, middle of June or something that he just went on this killer streak. Uh, and then Bauer, Trevor Bauer for pitching had a really good week. He went, he got traded to the, the Reds and put up a nice week there. Uh, Victor has had some, had a bad pitching week from some guys who are usually pretty good. Uh, Matt Boyd, Cliff Hamels, and uh, Berrios all had really, really bad weeks. And Hendricks, right? Does he have Hendricks? Yeah, and Hendricks, man. He just had, you know, some pitchers that are usually pretty good just had some really, really bad days. So his pitching looks really bad. Uh, for Nick, Baez had another good week. Baez, you know, he's 42 overall, but Baez has been pretty good all year. Two home runs, six RBIs. Uh, Kepler, another two home runs, had a good year this year. Uh, Mike, my, I'm sorry, uh, Eugenio Suarez. I had no idea this guy was. He had a three home run week this week, but this guy, he has like, I remember seeing like on MLB The Show or something, he had like 29. I had no idea that many home runs. But anyways, he's the number 51 overall player. I had no idea. So uh, Suarez having a nice, quiet, good year. Had no idea. Uh, and then Mike Miner, uh, another good, it's good to see him because he, he was not doing well for a little while there, so. Yeah, uh, this one should be close. I do think the Lions will win, but Victor ne- Victor needs to win. So we'll see what happens. In the next matchup, we got the Brown Bombers game versus the Senators, right? Uh, a big win right now for the Brown Bombers, and he should win big. He's up a lot in categories. He's having a really good week pretty much across the board. Uh, 42 runs, 18 home runs, 43 RBIs, 4 stolen bases, 404 on base. Three saves, 58 Ks, 212 ERA, 0.9 whip, and three quality starts. So the two areas that maybe he's not doing that well are Ks and quality starts, but maybe he doesn't need to pick. He didn't really need to do anything for Ks since his uh, matchup guy is not doesn't have a ton of Ks. So uh, I will say Fielder's got four starters that he could put in today, so he could take uh, quality starts, maybe come back in Ks. I He's down 21 Ks, and the Brown Bombers only got one starter going. Uh, but yeah, the Senators didn't, you know, kind of weak uh, offensive stats, you know, and that's a strong suit. So 20 runs, nine home runs, 26 RBIs, four stolen bases, three one three on base. Four stolen bases is good, but everything else in this environment is not very good. Especially when that's your strong suit, because he has zero saves, 37 Ks, 6.86 ERA, a 1.69 whip, and a three quality start. So pretty bad across the board most teams would be beating him but Gabe just so happens also just be having a really good week uh some standouts for the Brown Bombers man Aquino the guy he picked up for the Reds who's just been off on a tear who hit three home runs yesterday uh for him he has five home runs and eight RBIs so far but uh, if you listen to the show you heard me talk about it a little bit earlier uh Jose Ramirez uh having a good week two home runs two steals 500 on base just putting up really good numbers Altuve seven runs two home runs uh Conforto Three home runs, a stolen base, 550 on base. Uh, Altuve uh, throwing in there. Two, did I, I don't know if I already said him. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then for pitching, Chris Sale, Sony Gray, and Maeda all pitched really well. Sale had a 13K game. No one runs, .25 whip. So Sony Gray, man, just been really good all year. Uh, 7Ks, no earned runs, a one whip, and a one quality start last start. For the Senators, your Don Alvarez, uh, a pickup that has been pretty good for him this year, man. Uh, he has four home runs and 10 RBIs this week. Again, he just uh, hit a three-home run day yesterday, though. And Real Mucho picked up three stolen bases this week. While everything, nothing else was really good, that's pretty big. Three stolen bases out of a catcher. Uh, and then Dan Plesak out of the pitchers was a standout. Seven Ks, no one runs at a quality start for uh, the Senators. All right. Next matchup, 
The Detroit Stars, third place versus the second place, uh, the Giants. Bob, man, uh, this is a big matchup. This had, you know, Chris won to win to try to catch up to the for the buys, but also, you know, lead, keep leading his division. If he gets beat pretty bad, you know, that he, he that allows the other two teams in his division to start catching up to him and really make it for play, which it is now. Uh, Chris, uh, good runs, 37, but everything else a little mediocre. Nine home runs, 22 RBIs, zero stolen bases, 337 on base. He does have four saves. He's got a great saves team. 56 Ks, 4.38 ERA, a 1.26 whip, and five quality starts. Uh, Bob is winning by .01 in ERA, so that's really close. Uh, 4.38 to .437. Uh, but Bob's got 35 runs, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs, two stolen bases with 356 on base. Pretty good numbers, decent, you know, competitive numbers across the board. He'd be losing to some of these other offensive teams this week. But, you know, that's at least what kind of way you want to put up at this point. Uh, one save, 90 Ks is quite a bit, and seven saves, a 4.37 area. And one, pretty good numbers, good playoff team. He's in a bye. Uh, Chris is going to need a little help. Uh, he's probably going to lose this week. You could try to maybe come back and home runs. Hopefully he doesn't lose runs also um he can maybe take uh era if uh things fall his way we'll see because they both have a couple pitchers going and uh they're tied in or another tied uh chris is down two quality starts so he's probably gonna lose uh you need to try to come back maybe take uh any categories he can standouts for the stars mikolas and then his closers his closers are probably give him a good week and then garrett cole offensively he doesn't really have any stars you know aaron Otto got him two RBIs, McNeil, Jeff McNeil, two home. I mean, Aaron Donald's got two home runs. Uh, McNeil, two home runs, five runs. Uh, McNeil's been quietly good too. I had him on my team. Uh, I dropped him. Nick, or uh, he's been really good since uh, Chris has picked him up. Uh, for the Giants, standouts: uh, Soto, uh, three home runs, two stolen bases. Uh, Alonso, Pete Alonso, who's just put up a great year, three home runs, five RBIs this week's. Uh, and then pitching, he got standouts. Castillo, Luis Castillo's 24 overall. Corbin had another good day. Uh, and then Ray and Clevenger. So it's pitching. But uh, his start, you know, he needs those guys to be good. So those were his top pitchers, and they, they performed it. Uh, again, Bob should win pretty handily. The last matchup. This is another big matchup. Uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers versus the Terriers. The Dodgers are in ninth place. Terriers are in seventh place. Dodgers have sold off. Uh, a lot of big pieces. I'm trying to remember which ones they sold. Uh, I know he sold Garrett Cole, uh, Aaron Nola. I don't know if he sold another one. I want to say maybe he sold a closer. Oh, maybe Edwin. I can't remember. Uh, but he's getting a lot of money back. While he was a seller, Chet's been a buyer. He's bought uh, Hader for $99. He bought Sean Doolittle for 100 And he bought uh, Aaron Nola for 160 So he's went out, even though he wasn't curly. You know, he's... Not guaranteed a playoff spot. He's been a buyer this year, while Eric right there has gone the other way uh, to a seller. And but you can still play for this year, you know, if uh, things were to go the way, you know, the right way for him. Uh, he's put up some decent. They both put up decent offensive numbers. Um, and then pitching though has not been great. We'll get to it. Uh, Dodgers forty runs, eleven home runs, twenty six RBIs, three stolen bases with three eighty five on base against Chet's. The Terriers, 38 runs, 13 home runs, 32 RBIs, 7 stolen bases, and a 373 on base. So pretty good, again, hitting stats. Chet's got three saves, 89 Ks, a 5.04 ERA, a 1.38 whip, four quality starts. So ERA and whip are high. Decent amount of Ks. He's, I'm sure he's picked up a lot of pitchers. Four quality starts with all those pitchers picked up is kind of low. Uh, against the Brooklyn Dodgers, who sold a lot of pitching, only one save, 56 Ks, 4.53 ERA, a 1.27 whip. Three quality starts. So, okay, Chet's up 6-4. Uh, let's look at their start. Any starters left? Chet's got one starter. Eric's got no starters. Uh, so, Chet probably really doesn't need to even play him. Doesn't matter. So, that looks set. Uh, it looks like it's going to come down to hitting. Chet's only down two runs. Uh, but Dodgers are only down two home runs, which would be harder. And then also uh, six RBIs, which in this, again, environment, if they go off, could could happen. Chet could take on base back, too. That's pretty close. So, uh, Chet's probably going to win, and he has an opportunity to win bigger, actually. You know, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, standouts, Freeman, man, number six overall. But he has seven runs, three home runs, eight RBIs this week. And then Ozzy Albies, three home runs, ten runs, six RBIs, a stolen base, 567 on base. So, really good 
Uh, and the pitchers, Jack Flaherty has been uh, lights out since I don't know what part of the year, but he's turned on. Once he turned it on, it, he has it stopped. And then also uh, Stephen Matz, a nice start out of him, seven Ks on uh, a quality start. For the Terriers, the number three overall player, Acuna on a tear this week, 10 runs, five home runs, nine RBIs, three stolen bases, 467 on base. And then Hol- uh, Jose, or Soler, uh, who is the 39th player overall. Crazy. But he has eight runs, four home runs, seven RBIs, a stolen base, 458 on base uh, this week. Uh, and then Trey Turner, home run, six runs, and three stolen bases. Uh, those stolen bases are important. And then uh, Rourke and Montgomery, a pickup against the Tigers, who struck out 12 people. What a pickup. That's ridiculous. Tigers suck. Uh, our standouts for his pitching this week. Uh, all right, guys. All right, three weeks left. Three weeks of fantasy baseball left till the playoffs of the regular season. A lot could happen. Uh, you know, we only reached 40 something emails this time at the end of the year. You know, last year we had what that 120 email exchange, so we didn't quite reach what we did last year. Uh, happy for Bob to get some drama at the end. Uh, good luck to everybody this season. Uh, all right, guys, take care, have a good one. Bye. great till they gotta be great don't text me say it straight to my face